please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. We love that. Yeah, it's better than a four-and-a-half-star review. There's, Honestly. There's nothing worse than a four-star review. Just, <laughs> no, if you're going to do it, just do a two- or three-star review. <laughs> um, you can also send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. This week, we are discussing the Archie christening, um, the possible new rescue dog living at Frogmore Cottage. We need details. Yeah. Uh, Wimbledon, of course. And then we're having a very special segment uh, about royal friendships. We are joined by Lauren Meckling, the author of the new book, How Could She?, which covers friendship. It does. It's it does. a novel, but it's <laughs> it's all about the dark underpinnings of female friendship. Ooh. I feel like everyone who's read it has been like, this cut to the core of me. <laughs> yes. And you feel seen, but not in like that cliche Twitter way. Like you actually feel like this is real. Like I've experienced this. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I love discussing female friendship and all the intricacies of it. So I'm really excited. Um, and But first we have a royal refreshment, which Lauren brought us. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. What did you bring us? Well, I brought you an apology in the form of a <laughs> bottle. I am a uh, novice royal expert. Ah, uh, of course. And I felt a little uh, unequal to your oh man, co- your collective expertise. But I am a true lover of Princess Diana. Of course. And she was a, if not lover, a liker, a sometimes enjoyer of a dry white wine. And I thought we could get in touch with, with <laughs> Diana yes. through this bottle. It's a. I went to the wine store in Brooklyn, and I spoke with my very handsome, tattooed sommelier <laughs> man. And, Excellent. And I just, I said, I need to know what Lady Di would have had. And he just, he didn't blink. <laughs> and he brought me to, he said, this is what she would have. This is a, a nice dry from France. Wow. So Ooh. here, although it is from 2018, which, but, you know, we can decide that. <laughs> so, yes, we have a bottle of Coteau. De Genois. Wow. And cheers to die. Amazing. I love you. We'll talk more about her later. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Cheers. Thank Thanks for having me. Cheers. cheers. We can't cheers. reach each other around the equipment, but you And know. can we say how, how large our goblets are? Yeah. So They're we were huge. like, let's just pour the whole bottle into three glasses before we get started on the show because it's just easier that way. Mm-hmm. So now we have it looks like a pint of beer. But yes. no, it's wine. I don't think I've had a, a glass of wine this large since I was last in England. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Royally Obsessed. This is how we do it here. I like it. Yeah, so excellent. We're so excited to have you here. Um, we'll also start with a listener email. Lisa, do you want to take this one? Sure. It's from Sabrina. Her subject Great is, name. I myself am also royally obsessed. Great. I appreciate it. Um, she writes, hi, Lisa and Caitlin. Let me start off by saying that I myself am also royally obsessed. She already stated. Yes. Um, I started my infatuation with the royal family when Kate and Will got married, but my obsession kicked into high gear when Megan came on the scene. As a California girl myself, I felt some kind of kinship, kinship to Megan and was ecstatic about Harry marrying a California girl. My best friend Pippa and I hold up. Pippa. Is this Pippa Middleton? <laughs> Are you friends with Pippa Middleton? How does a California girl have a friend named Pippa? Not that it's like unheard of to have that nickname or name in the United States, but. Pretty cool. 
And how perfect. Yeah. So um, <laughs> they woke up at 3 a.m. the day of Meghan and Harry's wedding to watch it live and since then have been filling each other in on the latest royal updates. We were heartbroken by all the drama around her family that led up to the wedding. But the way she handled herself on the day made her my new idol. Um, <sighs> Meghan's class, beauty, empathy, and her philanthropy work, before even before she met a prince, has inspired me as a young college girl. I now am constantly in, on Meghan's mirror trying to find wardrobe pieces that she wore that I can afford and am constantly on the hunt for the latest Megan update, which is where your podcast comes in handy. We try. I never miss an episode and absolutely enjoy hearing you two fangirl over the same issues <laughs> every week that I often do with my best friend Pippa. Oh, uh, I really like hearing about friends engaging with the pod. Um, as that's we perfect do. for this episode. Yeah. It, it, did our producers plan that? Bravo. Bravo, team. I really like that. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for writing in. And hi, Peppa Middleton. Thank you for listening. Yeah, wow. It's really exciting. Um, and then we have This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. July 10th, 1947 was when then Princess Elizabeth and Philip Mountbatten announced their engagement. Um This people, (laughs) (laughs) this people magazine history notes their romance began years before they met when Elizabeth was just 13 and she was reportedly instantly smitten. Um, All right. (sighs) Again, they're cousins in two ways. It's just it's really (laughs) special. But I do. um, I love that she got her guy. We have a picture along with it. um, I imagine from that engagement day. And she's just like grinning up at him with just such joy uh we see that at the beginning of the crown season one too when she's just like deliriously excited to get married to this guy if i was marrying my 13 year old crush i'd definitely be married to leo right now (laughs) um joshua jackson for me from dawson's creek what about you tom rosati oh amazing okay excellent i unfortunately am now too old for my childhood crush leo yeah that's true over 25 you are over 25 oh well that's one of the reasons. It's been why s- seven years of heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> but good for good for Liz um, and happy. Wow, that's do you many, guys put many this picture ago. online? It's so cute. We should put it online. We should note to social media team. I will text them right after this because it, it's it's really super cute. I love it so much. Um, and now let's get into some news. So really, the big news of the week is that um, Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor has been christened. Into the Church of England. Yeah. That is my religious sound. Exactly. And uh, we got – so, of course, there was all the hullabaloo last week that they weren't doing it – I mean, the christenings are always private, but they weren't doing, like, the walk up to the chapel that upset some some people. Um, But we got a gorgeous – we got two gorgeous portraits immediately after the ceremony. Um, It's Um, hard for me to say which one I love more. So there's one where it's Harry and Meghan – and Archie. And Archie, gotta say, cute baby. Really cute baby. His eyes are closed, so he looks like especially angelic. And the, that photo was taken in the Rose Garden at Windsor Castle, which again, just like incredibly peaceful, beautiful place. Um, the baby's between them. And what is so stunning about this, okay, I'm not going to pretend to be a photography person, but the composition of this photo is you have Harry looking at the baby and Megan looking at Harry. Um, and he's just like lightly grasping her upper arm in a way that I just love. And again, this baby just looks so peaceful. And Harry, I think, is taking a sniff of the yes! baby's head. The baby's <laughs> head smells so sweet. Oh, it's just so cute. And you really get to see the the sort of the little netting of her hat. That's my favorite kind of hat. It nope. just looks like it's from the 50s. Or what is 
Archie 30s. wearing? So he's wearing the traditional christening dress, um, which is now a remake of the christening dress that was passed down through the British royals for like 150 years. Um, it was starting to fall apart a couple years ago, so they had a new one made, and that's what the Cambridge kids wore, and that is what Archie is wearing. You can It looks, I, don't, I wouldn't call it um, normal, but it looks slightly more normal in the wider portrait of the whole family. The one where it's just the two of them, it does look like he is just covered in ruffles. In this, yeah, ruffle sleep sack. <laughs> in a ruffly little like nook. He just looks really, really cute. Um, I just love that photo. And then, of course, oh, and I will note that these were taken by Chris Allerton, who I think is mostly known for fashion, right? He's a fashion yes. photog. And then we have the larger family portrait. Um, so in that one, of course, we have dead center, um, the Sussexes, and Archie with his eyeballs open. That's, that's really the first time. This is the clearest shot we've gotten of Archie right now. I have a version of this photo zoomed in on my phone because I'm creepy. You are, but that's why we love you. I cut everybody else out because <laughs> first I saw this on Instagram, of course. The Sussex Royal account posted it there. Um, but it's really hard to zoom in on Instagram. You know, like you you do the little two-finger thing. And then it closes up on you. And then it closes yeah. up. But on Twitter, you know, the Royals reporters tweeted it out once they had it. And it was much more high res, obviously, there. And so when you zoom in, you really can see this little baby's face. Now – we're going to play the game for a moment of who does he look like more. I only see Megan in the, like, eyes region, but everybody else is like, oh, that's Harry. I think mm. he just looks like a, a baby. baby who looks like both <laughs> of them. But, Lauren, you're a mother. As a mother, can you tell us? Can you identify? babies look more like one parent or the other, or should we not even uh, try to see that because their faces are going to change so much? He's Well, everyone's going to tell Archie that he looks like his dad. Yeah. But... He's going to look like his mom because that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I th- So he's two months old right now. I feel like I do kind of think that all babies look the same until like five months, you know. He looks super bright. He looks super. He's here. very alert, yeah. right? Like he isn't. Yeah. He, he's definitely his mother's baby. <laughs> he's a beautiful baby. Yeah, yeah. He's just so, so cute. Um, I'm excited for my journey of watching his face turn into a face. Yes. I, I do really too. like that journey. I love watching them grow up because I didn't know what Louis was going to look like when I first saw him as a baby. And I'm like, oh, there's your face. He's the most expressive. I know we waited for so long. And now we know that Prince Louis is so expressive and looks so much like Kate Middleton. It's kind of insane. So I can only hope that we get to see. It's I, I do think it's fun as babies get older. You can like sort of pick those things out. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know by the fall, um, Archie will be going to South Africa. And so then we can really get tons of coverage of him there we should go too i listen i was gonna email you over the weekend and be like how do we get to south africa let's figure it out let's figure it out to, we'll to be t- out. tbd um but yeah so also of course in this photo we have the cambridges um kate is wearing a stella mccartney dress um that we think um the sort of fashion experts out there said is a rewear from the christmas luncheon at the queen's how do we feel about a rewear I mean, she loves a rewear. Kate Middleton loves a rewear. It's like how she th- shows that she's thrifty and doesn't. Like, she's one of us. She's one of us. Yeah. Exactly. One of us wearing pink Stella McCartney dresses. I mean, that's to what I rewear. Events. The exactly. second time. I'm yeah. wearing a dress that I bought on Poshmark for like $30. <laughs> this was H&M. I think it was under $12. This it's... is the shirt that I've worn to every single book event <laughs> this summer and will continue to do so. See, Classy ooh. NYC lady. But we can I say this, relatable. this did seem very royal because it's sort of a liberty it, print. It, it, Prince. Princess Charlotte yes. will be wearing that one day for sure. 
I love it. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we had Kate in a pink Sol McCartney. You can't see because we have it in black and white in front of us, but she wore a red headband, sort of hat band thing. It kind of looks like Ms. Ragland. What is she wearing? Oh, my God. Ugh. Oscar I de la Renta. Her. Oscar de la Renta, this gorgeous peach color. Mm. The hat is perfect. I love the brooch. I love how simple and just perfectly tailored. A great color for her. Um, you know, obviously your eye goes to Archie and Megan, and but also Doria. Doria is amazing. Didn't she also wear Oscar de la Renta to the royal wedding? Um, I don't remember if it was, but I feel like you'd be Let right me about Google. that. I do remember, of course, the sort of pistachio color, because as we've discussed, she kind of matched the queen, and I'm sure that wasn't accidental. Uh-oh. So, um, and then, of course, I think, you know, again, the react- you react to baby Doria, Kate in pink and red, but then you were like, who are these two ladies? And they are... Princess Diana's sisters, which was such a love. I, I wouldn't call it a surprise. Surprise maybe to us, but not surprise to them. But it was just so lovely to see them there. Uh, Lady Jane Fellows Can and Lady. Cheers. Yeah. Yes. Cheers to Diana. <laughs> we'll reach across all the equipment. <laughs> this is graceful. Yes. And Lady Sarah McCordell. McCord. Don't even try it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Very sorry to Lady Sarah. But it was just so wonderful to see them there. Um, one looks so much like Diana. It was honestly really striking and powerful to see. Um, and just what a special occasion. Of course, again, we didn't get the them walking up the path, but like, who cares when you have these gorgeous photos? Another thing that people were freaking out about was the fact that they did not release the names of the godparents. Yeah. And I think that all the drama surrounding this is maybe the disconnect that we have as Americans or like you know people who are royally obsessed but who aren't as like into like we're not as obsessed with tradition Mm -hmm. so like for me I'm like oh it's fine she still released some photographs I think that's lovely and like this is a human so if they decide that they want this human to have some privacy and also their friends to have some privacy then that's fine and I get it. And like, and to me, that's perfectly logical. But then I was seeing a lot of um, commotion overseas in the UK. People were very upset about it. And so I feel like that's just a disconnect with us yeah. and like other people who may think that's the end of the world. Because well, we're also not as big into godparents here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I like you usually have one. I know. Like, one, or, you know, one godmother, one godfather. Um, I like mine. But, uh, yeah, they choose many more people. They choose several friends or relatives. And so, I don't know. I, I also think, to me, when when the Cambridge godparents have been released, I'm always like, okay, because they're usually people I haven't heard of. So it means less And people to they me. went to college with. Yeah, it's like they're college yeah. friends. So if they released a list right. and it was, like, yet more Von Straubenzi brothers, I'd be like, okay. Big whoop. In fact, I saw one of the that somebody was reporting that Charles Van Straubenzi was one of the godparents. And I was like, okay, I'm sure he is because they're they've been best friends since college. Like, who cares? I just don't care very much. I guess if Megan is choosing big celebrity people, that would be like if if Amal Clooney is, then I'm like, okay, please tell me everything. Yeah. (laughs) But if it's like a private citizen, I'm like, that's lovely. You should have this private moment. Yeah. It's a religious ceremony. I just don't completely. Well, do you think we can surmise based on who was at the event? Who would they? Um, when we get to the Royal <laughs> Friends trips. Yeah, section. we have we have some we have some hints. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It just I don't understand the outrage. I understand the interest. 
because again, maybe it's a celebrity, whatever. Um, but I don't understand the outrage. And I know that some British reporters were really pushing back and saying like they're breaking the law or something. Yeah, like that it has to be reported legally in like the church's book. Which I'm like, does the church legally have to do anything? I don't know. There was freedom that... of information. Yeah, ba- basically, <laughs> basically. They have to Royal. file the yeah. FOIA request. Yeah. So that just, I don't know. It, it's been. This will be a preview of my low, but it's been a big week for faux outrages. Um, similarly, we can just note quickly here. Um, Kate was I. Her outfit was ID'd, of course, and she was wearing earrings from Princess Diana's collection, which is always lovely. I'm always really moved when she does that. Um, that. They're the earrings, the pearl drop earrings that Diana wore to Harry's christening. So I thought that was such a lovely touch to be like, and now at Harry's son's christening, she's wearing them. But then some people were like, well, why didn't she lend them to Meghan then? And they probably had that conversation. It's just so weird. It's also just Kate's jewelry style. Kate wears like slightly bigger, heavier jewelry, which is what these are. They're very big kind of honestly 80s looking pearl drop earrings. And Meghan wears delicate jewelry. It's And Meghan also wore her... Cartier earrings from her wedding. Yeah. I, Perfect. I think it's probably very nice that Kate did that. And she probably thought, I mean, I can't tabloids. Like, I can't speak for Kate. But, like, maybe she thought, like, oh, if people know that I did this, they will show, they will see it's like I'm showing unity and right. that I really am yeah, here for this right. family. It's not like she showed up in a bikini. Yeah, yeah. It was such a thoughtful choice. And so I just sometimes, like, I don't even want to go to the mindset where you could find something. People will find something wrong with everything they do. And I just was like, oh, how cute. She wore Diana's earrings from Harry's christening. Like, end of thought. I never even, like, journeyed to why didn't she give them to Meghan. They're not Meghan's style. Um, Also, again, style note, Meghan wore Dior. She looked amazing. I wish that we saw a full glimpse of the outfit. Yeah. Because we don't really know exactly what it was. But the top part that we saw. Yeah, creamy white. Uh, The the more uh, sort of private-looking portrait of just the three of them. I want to say it has a neckline that's not dissimilar to her wedding dress. I feel like it harkens a bit. It's not full boat neck, but it kind of has that scheme of, like, the longer sleeves kind of boat neck top. Um, that's as, Thus concludes the fashion-y portion. That's all I got. That's all I, I just got. They really came out with, like, the big guns here, though. Oscar de la Renta, um, Dior, and... Stella McCartney. So we are so excited to have Lauren on because Lauren wrote a really great book that came out late June about, it's a novel about female friendship. And so we are going to be talking about some royal friendships. But Lauren, can you kind of tell our listeners about your book? Yes. Without spoiling. (laughs) I will spoil nothing, but it's a novel. So it's made up. um, (laughs) Unlike what some of, one of my mother's, friends who's 96 came to one of my readings and came up to me and took my hand and said your life it's been so terrible oh, no. I'm so sorry. And I said, this is made up it's a novel about a friendship triangle and it looks at the men are not really part of the story it looks at three women who became very close by circumstance by working together when they were in their early 20s in an office at a magazine in Toronto and the main thread of the story is set in present day or 2017, where they find themselves in New York and in a theme that would definitely relate to the theme of the show, they are all on very different rungs of the ladder of life. So yes, let's say uh, one of the women, Sunny, has emerged as, what would she be, the the Duchess? Or she's she's doing pretty well for herself. (laughs) And one of them is, what would would the royal, for Rachel... 
What would the I don't know what would the royal the similarity be? Like a she's, Beatrice? She's maybe? barely holding on, but she's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Beatrice is doing great. Oh, yeah. Beatrice is having fun. We're going to yeah. talk about that. She's like a royally adjacent person. She's adjacent. Yeah. She's adjacent, right. She has a... the, the Yes, the door is still cracked open. <laughs> and then Geraldine um, has been written off as the... Uh, the one who got left behind. And then over the like course... Like who was like a princess almost, like a duchess, and then like had a, had fall. a fall from grace. She had a fall from grace. Yeah, she has not recovered from that. And people do not think she will ever recover. And it turns out that people can change. So <laughs> That's good. That's what the, the book is about. And, and there's a podcast in the book. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There, uh, I will give this bit away. Geraldine uh, saves herself and scandalizes everybody else by becoming the uh, inventor and co-host of a runaway hit podcast called oh, Pod People. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I yes. love that. That's our dream to be successful. Runaway hit. Runaway hit. Um, so why did you want to write about female friendship? I didn't want to. I had to. I <laughs> was I had been writing young adult fiction that was not coming it was coming more from a place of fun and my brain and play. And then I exited my twenties and entered my thirties and was consumed by a true friendship fallout that mm. kind of it caught me blindsided. I was not expecting my friend to not want to be friends with me anymore. And I was crippled by this. I was more devastated than made sense to anybody. And I was trying to figure out why I was so hurt and why I was letting it just keep me from flourishing. And I, you know, I didn't intentionally set out to write a novel that was going to explore that, but I did end up taking a break from writing books for children and writing a comedy of manners about women that really looked at the ways that women matter to each other and can help each other and can also hurt each other and the ways that it's hard for us to talk about these things. Yeah. Amazing. Perfect summer reading. And then also, Caitlin and I were really really obsessed with a piece that you recently wrote for the New York Times, um, How to End a Friendship, which is, as you told us, is about... um, Oh my gosh, that ending a friendship with dignity, right? Yes. Death with dignity. dignity. Yes. Yeah, so this was this is this is going to sound. I'm going to sound like I'm a collector of skeletons, <laughs> and I swear I'm not. I have many wonderful friendships, but this piece looked at another friendship of mine that is no longer a central part of my life, um, and it looked at what happens when somebody who really matters to you is no longer a big, you know, really not a part of your life at all anymore, and how, if you think about it, or I was thinking about it, sort of say, saying what was shocking to many people, which is that that's okay, which yeah. is that friendships often aren't meant to last for infinite years. Yeah. And so I was talking about how I had this beautiful, beautiful, intense friendship when I was in my very early 20s, and now that woman lives a parallel life to my own, and I love her from afar, but I don't need to have obligatory catch-ups with her scheduled every three weeks or what have you. And a lot of people wrote to me saying that they have been, you know, totally mystified and heartbroken by the loss of a friend and looking at at it from this viewpoint, which is that sometimes there's really no, um, no changing the dynamic and it's okay if people drift and just trying to appreciate what two people did have yeah. is a helpful way of moving forward. Yeah, it's really it's really painful stuff. 
um, the, those kinds of shifts in your friendship. And I feel like Lisa and I talk about this all the time um, about how things change in your 30s. And of course, they can change all times. Yeah. But um, your 30s sometimes bring obviously life changes and stuff. And so it shifts a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, we're going to chat a little bit about some royal friendships. And those have gone through shifts that are very <sighs> unrelatable. Right. Like maybe we can all relate to like, oh, I've drifted apart with my college friend or um, my friend had a baby and I don't know what to talk to her about anymore. But this is like, oh, my friend from college, my sorority sister became a duchess. Right. And is now the most <laughs> famous person on planet Earth and had Oprah come to her wedding and like has Michelle Obama <laughs> on speed dial. So let's start with Megan. Um, so, of course, Megan has a lot of close friends. There's, like, Amal Clooney, um, the makeup artist Daniel Martin, who I follow on Instagram, and he's been traveling a lot with Jessica Alba. And I'm like, can I go work for The Honest <laughs> Company and travel Aww. with Jessica Alba? But um, we're going to be focusing on some newsy friendship things. So she was at Wimbledon to see Serena, Serena Williams, who today had this amazing um, cover story on Harper's Bazaar where she wrote about... Um, what happened at the U.S. Open last year and how she um, went to therapy after and she apologized and she's just like the effing greatest. I yeah, can't we, even... we are obsessed with Serena Williams on I, this show. Like, I can't even handle it. <laughs> so they were they are really close friends. But then when Megan was at Wimbledon, she sat next to these two women yeah. that people probably wouldn't recognize. Well, who would? And it's so wonderful that these are still her close friends. I mean, yeah. she is, I don't know, this is like friendship goals on fire right? watching Megan go through the world because what she met Serena was it nine years ago or yeah nine years nine ago. years ago and the story of their meeting is so adorable in that they met at a Super Bowl party but they didn't talk about any of their the, like that she at the time she was an actress and they didn't talk about that and they didn't talk about Serena's work as an athlete they apparently they just kind of giggled and as I said talked about girly stuff and were instantly <laughs> you know besotted with each other which is something that happens and I there was a that. cute Instagram photo that Megan posted at the time that was sort of the two of them hugging around that time and her eyes were closed and she's in her caption you say she says my eyes are closed but my heart is wide wide open <laughs> you know it's just this so like deep lovely. love that, that and it's it's still exists yeah just it to me this kind of their relationship always sort of blows my mind because I'm like is it still possible to befriend Serena Williams when she's at the level that she is like I'm just sort of fascinated that well, Serena Williams was so much going on it's just like picking up new friends at Super Bowl parties I think that Megan figured out what, like she just kind of went in through the cracks and they yeah. talked about something that no one else thinks to talk to her or about. they just click like what you were saying like sometimes yeah. you just meet a person and you're just like oh yeah it's gonna be you like you just like click right away and I, I just love that about them and Megan has gone to Wimbledon I think this is the fourth year in a row to cheer her on so like that's all or you know has gone and to Wimbledon the last four remember years remember in 2016 the year that she met Prince Harry which was not that long ago but simultaneously so long ago yeah um she was at Wimbledon with Violet, whose last name I'm never going to try to pronounce, who works for P- – she has PR for Ralph Lauren. Yes. And that's a woman who allegedly is rumored to have introduced the two of them, uh, Megan and Harry. So, yeah, the timeline might be that it was at 
it was the same uh, UK visit to Wimbledon that she met Prince Harry. Right. I read so, that. Like, and that would have maybe, yes, solidified their friendship. Yeah. Or... Like, what a great week for her, Right. Basically. Imagine the texts that were going back between the two of them. Like, yeah. so I'm hanging out with Prince yes. Harry. Like, I met this hot guy. Um, so I love that. And yeah, to go back to those two friends that were at Wimbledon with her, um, they were her two friends from Northwestern, Lindsay Roth and Genevieve Hill Hillis. Um, you'll remember Genevieve because she, with Serena, threw the bridal shower in New York. Um, or, I'm sorry, the baby shower in New yeah. York. Yeah. Um, what did, so the, there was also a rumor that Amal Clooney threw that. That's, so that has I not think, been proven. So Harper's Bazaar seems to get all the royal scoops. And so Harper's Bazaar had this exclusive. And also, I believe Gail King said it as well, that it was Say um, no more. Serena. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Gail King, who we also worship. Um, yeah. Who also they, wears clogs. Oh. Interesting. Sorry. Oh, yeah. But she wears <laughs> glitter clogs. Of course she does. Gail <laughs> effing King. Did, I'm sorry. This is such a tangent. Did you see her journey on Instagram where she was going to the Hamptons, but she's too afraid of helicopters to take a helicopter? So she was on a bus. I think it was the Jitney. And then it had no <laughs> AC for like two hours. And she was Instagramming her journey. And then it ends with her. like. When you say Instagram, her, do you mean like her perspiration? <laughs> Basically. No, just like, I'm on this bus. There's no um, AC. And then at the end, oh. she's like with her arm around the bus driver and getting onto a new bus. That's and I'm hysterical. Like, of course, Gail King, one of the best people in the entire world. <laughs> oh I really God. appreciate that down-to-earthness. Yes. Um, but uh, with Amal Clu- I think it was just kind of confirmed or at least like the Daily Mail or someone said at the end that she like flew Megan over on their private jet and then flew her back. So like okay. it was basically like the friends supplied different vendors. It's like a hive. A hive <laughs> yeah, yeah, of these yeah. friends. Like everybody contributed I have to from say, that. yes, thinking about Megan's friends, that that's the element that makes me the most envious of her. Yes. She has, she's got that down pat. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's amazing. Like I see her with her sorority sisters and I know that in my 20s and 30s, my friendships have changed so drastically. And I look back sometimes and I'm like, oh, I'm not as close with people that I was really close with in my early 20s. And that's really sad. But Megan seems to be just as close with them as ever. And like the pictures of them of them at Wimbledon, they're not just sitting there. They're not just looking perfect at all times. They're fully animated having yeah. these like can't stop talking big conversations. <laughs> they're so excited to be with each other. And I just think that's so amazing. Like to have a friendship for so long with or not just one friendship, to have so many friendships for so long and just have them thrive. And Megan's a little bit older than us, so she's, like, maintained those for a little bit longer. And this isn't in the packet, but um, there was a friendship breakup that she went through. She had this friend, a childhood friend, who I don't know what led to them not being as close, but then when Megan and Harry's relationship went public, the friend sold Megan out, like, drastically to the tabloids. I remember that. Which was disgusting and awful, and it made me, like, want to, like, curl up in a ball because yeah. that's like so the gross. worst side but of it. But then her, all of her friends, didn't they come together to people? Yes. yes. To talk, to sort of get, say we're in her corner and we're going to speak to her integrity. Yeah, there and was that People magazine cover story a couple months ago that was basically like right after. Like in the winter. Yeah, it was right after the shower that was like we're so tired of people talking about her this way. They didn't name the five the friends, but it was five friends and they talked about like uh, they they set the record straight in terms of her father saying like oh he you know she never reached out to us et cetera et cetera they were like he's never called he's never texted it's super painful for her you know they basically just came to her defense which was really special well here's something they said and when maybe this is the key to her skill the friends also explained that Megan loves to genuinely connect with people is incredibly supportive and has always been quote the best listener. I love that. I love that, too. She just seems like such a girl's girl, you know? Yeah, she really does. Which I appreciate. And so we also looked at some of Kate's friendships, which 
truth be told, we only found from an SEO explainer on Hello, <laughs> where like we Googled like Kate Middleton friends, and then this is like here are all her friends. Yeah. It was sort of a blur. I've got to say, I yeah, mean, there she has a lot of friends, and they all seem to date back to university, university or like um, her or high Eaton. school, which is called like Marlboro College. Which is very confusing for Americans. Yeah. But right. yeah, so all of her friends are from high school and college, which is t- notes two things about her. One, that she's very good at maintaining friendships for a long period of time. Super good. And also that maybe she sort of has to because she has been now famous since she was 19 or 20. Right. So it's so how she... do you form new friendships? But then also at the same time, she's been in the same relationship for so long. Yeah. And I feel like... Probably a lot of her friendships are tied to that relationship as well. Like, you know, she's friends with people who are married to uh, William's friends and stuff like that. So it's just like her life has changed drastically in that she became royal, but her interpersonal relationships seem to have stayed the same, which I think is quite common for people who are end up with the person they were with when they were young. And she's had so much other change in her life. I can imagine, you know, if you go, if you suddenly become royal. At a very young age, maybe the one thing you have to hold on to is just your group of friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why we see that the the um, the boys, William and Harry, are so close to the same couple of people because they've proven themselves. Like, they're true blue friends. They don't sell anything to the tabloids, et cetera. So, like, these are the people well, that they the become thing. like their family. I think being royal is the true test of friendship because yeah. you're just living your life under this basically, you know, a blanket. You, you Everything has to remain secret. And yeah. that's... It's such a test of trust all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's the I mean, it's very exciting to think about all the friends who are swarming around the people who we're talking about because they must hold on to so much information. And they're they're obviously doing an amazing job of a like being morals and emotional support to people who are under very strange pressures, but also who don't buckle under pressure, not only to talk to the tabloids, which, you know, I can imagine that's that's not so hard, but they must, you know, they must go to dinner parties and or yeah. be friends with people who kind of who want to know things. And that must be a little tricky to be, you know, close. Yeah. I mean, again, if, say, Lisa were hanging out with Princess Beatrice, which ever since we discussed that she I mean, lives in New York. Why are they not? Yeah, please. I mean, please. <laughs> I would be like, if she were for some reason got the invite and I didn't, I'd be like, so? Right. How was Beatrice? Tell yeah, me be, anything. It would be really awkward, though. <laughs> it would be one of those things where I like passively aggress. I passive aggressively text you during dinner, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'd be like, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'm out with Beatrice, and I'd be like, "Wow." <sighs> but I would text you knowing that you were, so that you'd have to say it, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm not doing anything." <laughs> right. Like, come out with me. Oh, we're just at the Smith. Come on over. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we're looking at this list of the Kate Middleton friends, and so exactly what we were, we were saying, Lady Laura Mead is the wife of one of William's best friends, James Mead. James Mead gave the um, one of the best men, like he co-delivered the best man speech at their at their wedding, um, and James is Princess Charlotte's godfather, and we've. Sp- Spotted Laura. She was with Kate last summer at the Houghton horse trials in Norfolk. Um, so, like on that hill where we saw Prince George and Princess Charlotte frolicking. Um, and then we have Amelia Jardine Patterson, who went to high school with Kate. Um, my favorite detail about her is that when the when the two of them broke up, when Kate and William broke up in 2007, and Kate went to Ibiza. Oh God! Amelia went imagine? with her. <laughs> Having any just being a fly on that, <laughs> like first of all, I would love to go to like a party island with Kate Middleton. All right, what would you, what would you rather go on? Would you rather go on that <laughs> trip, or would you rather go on the trip 
that Megan organized to Greece. Greece. Ooh, Greece. And I'll tell I you why. Like, okay. I'll and t- then I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because helping a friend through a breakup, like, okay, if I'm choosing between Spanish islands and Greek islands with a famous person, um, helping someone through a breakup when they're in crisis is important, but not necessarily as fun no. as a bachelorette party in Greece. My reasoning was very different from yours, and my reasoning I was less I, selfish. I don't like EDM. <laughs> I cannot deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I can't go to Ibiza, even though I'm sure it's lovely, and I know, like... You can Elisa- pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, like... Well, because Caitlin did. Thank um, you. Like, Elisa Vikander married Michael Fassbender there, so I'm sure it's a lovely place, but, yeah. like, it's known for like parties and clubs, God. and I can't. Can I you? Need... I know. I don't. Ever, I sometimes meet people who talk about how chill and like laid back it is. No. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. So the rest of the people on the list are similar, just like friends she's had for a while. Yeah. But then we, I also so Princess Diana, you know, with our wine um, on Pop Sugar, I found a roundup of Princess Diana's friends, and she had some surprising celebrity pals that I was super into, oh. including Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Liza with a Z. Also. Um, Liza Minnelli and I share a birthday. I <gasps> She's your who. Oprah. Yeah, I mention that every time she comes up. Her oh, wow. and her and Ron Jeremy. Um, there so, we are. Do you reckon? Do you re- bring that up as well? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I can't not. You're I like, can't not. You're like Ron Jeremy, of course. Full of course, of course. Yeah. Um, my favorite one on this list that pops out to me is uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Can I just? Can we take a step back? Because I think the most interesting thing about Diana's friendships is the period before. Or just the period of her life, the tragedy of her life. There, yeah. I am so moved by her, her yeah. sadness and loneliness. And I had this when I read the um, Tina Brown book about her. Of course, I had this weird connection with her. I'm, you know, I'm a Jewish girl from Brooklyn who has no <laughs> boundaries, and yet I felt like I had found my soulmate in this like poor. You know, it was just so tragic to think of her in the palace and not having anybody, you know, that she was pre-text messaging. She had no one to talk to. Apparently she had a social secretary reach out to the secretary of the queen to to say, like, Diana's going to take a walk in the garden. Yeah. And it just sounded really, really sad. So when I think about her in the under the guise of friendship, I think about the deep need she had for somebody to, you know, fulfill her and take her out of yeah. her pain. No, and I feel like we, you know, there's a lot of famous people on this list, and partly that's because, like, those are the sensational ones to talk about. But I also think a, a fellow famous person can sort of understand her in a very, you know, well, she specific was fabulous, way. and her yes. life circumstances were weird. Yeah. And I think a famous person would relate. Yeah, I mean, like, on this list we have Freddie Mercury. That was my favorite. Which, of course, like... Again, makes a lot of sense. Like, they both, you know, not that they were hiding things. You know, it's just like they both. Can you talk about when they went to the bar and she dressed up? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> My favorite. Please. Yeah, so, uh, well. This is from a, what is it, an autobiography by somebody else, right? Yeah, it's a memoir. Uh, by Cleo. Rocco. Rocco. Yes. And Diana was in full mischief mode. Freddie said, Go on, let the girl have some fun. Scrutinizing her in the half-light, we decided that the most famous icon of the modern world might just, just pass for a rather eccentrically dressed gay male model. We inched through the leather throngs and thongs until we finally reached the bar. We were nudging each other like naughty school children. And she, so she gets through this, the throng of people. Is it a gay nightclub? And she manage, you know, she just, they order a, a white wine, cheers, exactly. and beer, and she goes and she gets, she passes. 
Nobody detects her. Nobody notices her when she's oh, hanging out with Freddie Mercury. What a fabulous anecdote. Like, I love that. And, you know, she was friendly with Elton John because, of course, we all remember him singing at her funeral. George Michael. George Michael, which we've discussed when we had Victoria Arbiter on. It's still one of my favorite episodes of this podcast, if I may say so. Don't rank your episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you are number one. <laughs> number two is when we had Victoria Arbiter on and she talked about growing up in Kensington Palace and um, – having a crush on George Michael and Diana being like, go say hello to him, which is delightful. Wait, we have to also read, this is the other, we can't, the other thing about what she did with Freddie Mercury, they would watch the Golden Girls. Yes, and quote it or like make up their own dialogue. Yeah, the dialogue turned off and then they would just make up their own lines. I just love that. Who wouldn't want a friend? I don't have a friend to do that with, do you? I know, well, I don't. I guess we now do. (laughs) Should we do that? (laughs) Let's watch some Golden Girls and make up the dialogue. Here we come. (laughs) My favorite of this list was Goldie Hawn because it took until 2016 before Goldie Hawn confirmed this, which to me is like a whole other level of friendship. You love the withholding element of the Royals. Well, because like I just feel so bad for them that they can't trust anybody. So when they can find somebody that they trust, that seems so special to me. So, you know, apparently – Diana met Kurt and Goldie at a movie premiere and the couple offered her their ranch and they were like, if you ever need to escape for any reason, please just give us a call, which again, I'm like, how does that happen? Um, But so she took them up on their offer in 1995, which was like when the divorce was all in the news and everything. And so she brought William and Harry to their ranch in Colorado to just like get away from everything. And They've never acknowledged it until 20 years later. Um, Kurt Russell, like, said yes, they came we're, here. So they were there as well? Kurt yeah, yeah. yeah. They were, like, so they, they like out. all hung out. And so they, the boys were, you know, able that's to amazing. be normal. And they were so young. And I just am like, wow, that's real friendship. Well, it's amazing the idea of being in a movie premiere and somebody looking at you you don't know and saying, if you need to escape yes. from the pain and terror that your life is right now, I have the yeah. key to it. I mean, that's. It's just something that nobody else can relate to. I certainly can't relate to that. Um, And Kurt Russell also said that Princess Diana, after that stay, sent their housekeeper a Christmas card every year. Like their housekeeper, Bianca, was her name, um, which is just the loveliest. So she sounds like a wonderful friend, too. And I have to mention before um, we have to wrap up soon, but I want to mention also that, of course, her relationship with Fergie was something people paid a lot of attention to. Right, because she the showed same... Fergie the ropes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all the same stuff kind of of – we see so many echoes of this with Kate and Meghan now when people, like, want them to be best friends but also want them to be feuding. It's, like, all of our worst natures to want these things. But people did the same exact thing to Diana and Fergie because they were both, like, the wives of. They both got divorced around the same time. And then they bonded over that They together. bonded over that. And so Fergie has written uh, an autobiography, My Story, Sarah, the Duchess of York. And so, yeah, she explained how Diana took her under her wing. And she said, um, like, at some event, she looked over at my friend Diana in befuddlement, just keep smiling, Diana whispered. And I did as I would for long years to come. I always felt, felt excuse me, I always felt safe in mimicking Diana. Oh. Um, and then when they divorced their royal husbands, she said that they, like, we burned the phone wires into the night, trading secrets and jokes that no one else would understand. But then they seem to have had a friendship breakup as well and never reconciled. Oh, let's not think. I mean, I know. Leave. That's such a beautiful image or just the idea of going through life feeling like you're protected because you're, Diana has essentially told you, act like me and yeah. it will be your shield. Yeah. And which, then talking until the, yeah, the wee hours. They just went through things like about 
a year or two years apart, but they were so, you know, such parallel lives um, with all the scandals and the divorces and everything um, and all the public scrutiny. So I do like to, yeah, I prefer. But you're right. They did. They did. Yes. Things change. You know, sometimes people fall, break, you know, or not fall apart fall apart but they they move apart but diana did have a falling out with elton john and then Mm. they did recover apparently he published some photographs some private photographs and she did not like that yeah but before they overcame they yeah they came back together so again complicated friendships the royals are just like us in that (laughs) sort of respect um but yeah so so interesting to think about it really does humanize them a little bit um but before we wrap up um we're going to discuss our highs and lows it's time for the royal highs and lows um lisa what's your low Oh, low. Oh, my God. I was ready to say my high. No, remember, we um, go backwards now. My low is, like, people freaking out that Megan, when she's at Wimbledon with her friends, didn't want people putting their phones in her faces to take photographs of her. I think she... So, like, the people were saying that Megan didn't want photographs of her at Wimbledon, but I think that's not truly the case. It was... She knew she'd be photographed, and she just didn't want phones in her face, in my opinion. So I don't like that. Yeah. I don't... It's not that I don't like what Megan was saying. It's that I don't like people freaking out over it because I think she's a person. Yeah, and again, the picture seemed to show him right up in the face. So, like, no wonder she'd be like, can you not, please? Yeah. Like, or rather, wanna, her, yeah. her bodyguard did that. I would want to style that photo myself. Yeah, I exactly. I want someone to stick their phone up my nostrils. No. Yeah. It's just such a creepy aspect of, like, we all have phones now, so we're all paparazzi, you know? It's not fun for them. Yes. Um, do you have a low, Lauren? Well, uh, revisiting the Diana, was it the Diana Chronicles? The Tina Brown yeah. book, which was one of, is one of my favorite books. And thinking about it as I was coming over here and just being, you know, very emotional. And, I, you know, I was tuned back into Diana's feelings. Yeah. And that was sort of a high and a low. And a, a higher high as somebody who has lived in Toronto. And um, I love thinking about both Megan's Toronto, uh, <laughs> you know, association. And I had so much fun Googling Jessica Mulroney. Yeah. Nay, what is it? Brown Brownstein. 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 Yeah. Yes. Of the Browns Shoes Empire. Of course. I mean, it all comes back to Bloor Street. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you've really won Lisa over. Not that you had to work for that, but <laughs> by mentioning Canada. You won me over by your work and your existing and then yes. being half Canadian. Yeah. It's Thanks. super helpful. Um, Here for you. <laughs> Milo was just... Yeah, I wrote down BS controversies. I feel like we had like this was a week of just like a bunch of like little crappy things. Yeah, the the, the photo thing at Wimbledon, the earrings, the earrings is just so dumb. Can we talk about the log? The log. Okay, so I actually don't know much about this. I'm I really saw into the headline. It. I saw the headline on the cut, which I still read religiously. Yeah. Um, my friend Maddie wrote it, but I didn't read the whole. It's thing. something like Kate designed a log. What the heck? She designed a log. She that designed has a hole for your butt to go like in, so a, you like can a lie a on sitting, it. Like a sitting <laughs> log, I think, for your garden. I mean, that seems it seems like utilitarian. That seems great. Like, <laughs> if you need to sit on a log, have one that's good for your butt. I had sure. no idea she was so entrepreneurial. You know, <laughs> she, when it comes to gardens, she is. I will support her Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I was just a log. My, that was my feelings. I'm just like, all this, like, little stuff is, and the, the godparents, the earrings, 
It's like a lot of stuff. Anybody will find any. It just is a reminder. We'll find any reason to be annoyed with Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. So that's my low. To yeah. be annoyed, we are not Meghan Markle. Yeah. Yes. That's why we are annoyed. We will never be annoyed the way that the tabloids <laughs> are with her. No. Um. So my high is Barbara Streisand, who I effing love and worship. <laughs> um. She recently said uh, that like, she kind of referred to um, there were like rumors that maybe she and Charles had like an affair or I guess it was a at the time, but they had a dalliance in the 70s. And she's like, if I played my cards right, I could have been the first Jewish princess. And then she mentioned Meghan Markle in a song. So I'm like, Barbara, I bow down <laughs> to you and your clone dogs. Do you think she would come on Royally Obsessed and talk about her own Royally Obsession? I don't think so. Mm, wow. What you if have... they did a remake of Yentl? Oh, my God. <laughs> then she, then <laughs> so yes. she'd come on. She had things to promote. Then yes, maybe. Yes. I just want you to have some faith in us and our podcast and our booking abilities. We got Lauren, after all. We did. Uh, and maybe our <laughs> podcast will soar like, like Geraldine's. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the Cloggerati, they're going to be here for you <laughs> and your numbers. My own uh, high was that... Um, Queen Elizabeth was at an event today, an agricultural event, and she planted a tree, which is like a classic charity event. It's like revealing a placard or planting a tree. And the lady who handed her the shovel was like, oh, should I help you? Like gestured to help her. And she said something like, no, 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 I'm perfectly capable of digging a tree of planting a tree. And you can't hear her. This was widely reported by Royals reporters. You can't hear her on the audio say that. You can hear everyone laugh in the little group of people around her. And she takes the little shovel and she digs in and she wore like a fuchsia outfit while she did it. And I was like, 93 years old, do not try to help Queen Elizabeth. Shove it. Shove it. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let get out of the way so she can shovel it. I just loved the sass. I love that she just, like, it's rare that we get those sort of moments from her where she's like, get out of my way. Like, where mm-hmm. she shows real attitude. I just loved it so much. She didn't raise a handbag. No, <laughs> no. So that was my high. Um, you can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And then here is the review that I mentioned. Lisa, would you read? Um, the subject is my new BFFs. Hey! <laughs> Perfect for this friendship episode. Um, <laughs> literally my favorite podcast ever. I mean, have you listened to Bitch Sesh? Um, (laughs) Anytime someone asks for a podcast rec, this is the one I give them. Every Thursday when I listen, I feel like Caitlin, Lisa, and I are BFFs sitting down to discuss our royal BFFs. Thanks, girls, for making this podcast and keep up the great work. Beautiful. That's very friendly. Lots of exclamation points, which makes me know you're not mad at me. You're not getting a (laughs) four-star review. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Where can people find you on social media, Lauren? I am trying to not be on social media so much, but I am <laughs> on it so much. Yeah, it's I, tough. Um, well, you can order my book on any yes. website that sells books, How Could She by Lauren Meckling. It's such a great title. Now, when you say I mean, you just said it, but is it like exclamation point, question mark, or just statement? How could it's she? It's indeterminate. It's, it's how it's in could the eye she? of the beholder. Because when you hear it, how could she? It sounds Im- immediately, your first reaction is that there's an element of total uh, shock, right? Yeah, or of daring. Resentment. But think about it again. She would, she how? could. These three women. And each how, of could, whom, how could she? This is how. Yes, this is how she got out of her predicament. It's a we, dang great title. Thanks. It was originally called, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about Lisa, but it was called Toronto originally. Ooh. That's, that was a pretty cool I, I wasn't able to live up to... I, I, <laughs> well, because it's, it's also set in New York, so... It's set in yeah. New York, but these three women are essentially From throwing each other under one bus after another in order to avoid 
having to return to Toronto and lose at the game of life. Mm. Mm. Respect. So anyway, um, buy the book. Give it not a four star rating. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter as Lauren Meckling, M-E-C-H-L-I-N-G. And I'm on Instagram as Laurenomics. Amazing. Like Freakonomics, but with Lauren. I love that. I love it too. How about you, Lisa? I'm just Lisa Raya. And <laughs> just because Lisa Ryan was taken. So just Lisa, Lisa Raya. Raya. There's so many Lisa Ryans. It's like kind of ridiculous. There's this like talk show host from like a Christian talk show from who's was a former Miss California. She's the Wikipedia result. But one time <laughs> I noticed like if you Google Lisa Ryan, it will show her Wikipedia thing and then it would show my picture from the cut. And so I had oh. to like report it to Google like this is not me. Please do not have me associated with this woman. Fascinating. Anyway, Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to write you a Wikipedia page. Also subscribe to Katie Kirk's newsletter, Wake yes. Up Call. I work on that now. So sure do. do. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKmenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, and read my writing at – that's on Twitter and Instagram. And read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. And until next week, God save the pod. We talked for a while. But. <laughs> Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.